You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What is going on, everybody? Hello and happy Friday morning. I say that because it is 109 in the morning after draft night. I'm here in uh, the Franchise Studios. We're actually in Jake, but we're going to call it the Franchise Studios. But I'm here with Brady Trantham. And Chisholm Holland, of course, because right now we are your Oklahoma City Thunder Insiders that are on top of things right here after draft night. Uh, We actually just concluded Sam Presti's post-draft presser, and he had some pretty insightful things to say for the 26 minutes we got to talk to him. And I'm only partly kidding because we actually didn't get to talk about the draft pick. Uh, I think everything is still a little bit up in the air. There's still a lot going on. Of course, the NBA draft is one of the craziest things going on right now in the world of sports. So nothing's exactly set in stone. Things are going to be moving around for a while, and uh, it's just going to get crazier from here. So hello, gentlemen. Good morning. Do you guys look, I mean, do you guys feel alive? Uh, yeah. Um, it's been a long day, but it's it's been a good day. I didn't realize day. it was past one until you said that. It, um, yeah, pretty much. Is- Pretty much everything went hazy and dark for me after Cam Johnson got dra- drafted. Yeah, <laughs> like it, like it just. I lost all sense of reality. I questioned what I was doing with my life. Yeah, and now I, I've kind of come back to and oh, okay, we're podcasting and the Thunder drafted somebody that has that's being banked on potential. Oh, okay, everything's real. <laughs> everything's normal now. Everything's fine. Uh, yeah. Darius Baisley, the most predictable thing in sports. Hmm. Alabama will be in the national title game. Yes. Shut you shut your mouth. Duke is going to make the NCAA tournament. Well, yeah. The Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl, and the Thunder are going to draft a guy yet to Google. <laughs> like it is the most predictable thing in sports. <laughs> no, okay. It was really funny. Like at the time, I was sitting in the uh, facility, and there were only like a handful of media members there. There were like TV TV people. Steve McGee, he shout out. Uh, I was sitting next to Cliff Brent from the AP, Nick Gallo. And Clay Horning from the Norman Transcript. And you're right. Everybody just, even Nick Gallo, everyone's just like, what? What? Ooh. And it took my brain like five seconds to, because I was think, I was trying to think so quick, just like, who is this guy? I know that name. Oh, yeah, he's the intern from New Balance. Oh, yeah, he was a five-star uh. McDonald's All-American out of high school. Okay, he's got talent. Okay. I mean, whatever. Thunder fans are going to hate it because it doesn't help this team right now. Yeah. Um, another thing that Presty really couldn't talk about, he talked about like timeline issues, but that's something that every team and every sporting league has to deal with timeline issues. Um, I, I guess should we get into the pick right now? Like you want to dive in, rip the bandaid um, off. This pick, I don't mind. I don't mind it because the Thunder are going to be playing basketball in Oklahoma City after. Russell Westbrook and Paul George's contracts are up. So when you look at it from that perspective, it's a, it's a, it's a fine pick. He, he was highly touted out of high school. He was highly thought of, uh, committed to Syracuse, um, has the, has the ability. I like what tape he has and the short amount of time that I've seen him. And I, I, I liked him when he was actually in high school going into Syracuse. Um, everybody thought, um, I feel like if he was a guy that went to college, Maybe people wouldn't be freaking out that he was drafted in the first round. Maybe like Thunder fans would still be freaking out, and uh, for obvious reasons, um, it doesn't help with shooting. It doesn't help with the team's roster overall right this second. But the talent is there. 
I like the potential that's there. Uh, but we're just going to keep going, circling back to you know Chisholm. This doesn't help the team right now, and uh, it, it's just another long line of Sam Presti draft picks of long, athletic guys who, you know, at, at best you can hope for them to do something impactful in year two, year three, probably. Yeah, uh, he's six seven, seven foot wingspan. He is greatest quality on the mock draft that I trust most. Most at the Ringer.com says his greatest quality is versatility. Uh, this is all One buzzwords. Of those thunder buzzwords. Buzzwords. Um, I am way less excited, happy, okay with this than you are. And I am by no means excited about it. I, I just don't <laughs> mind it. I don't see any positives. You, you look. I don't, Here's how here's how I look at it. The Thunder had three options. They draft somebody. That's the option they took. The other options were trade the pick just outright. Don't draft anybody. Maybe you get a second round pick, or you trade the pick and a player. Those were the only ways that they could improve the roster with a body. You know, you take away any hypothetical trades that we've kind of talked about on this podcast before. The Thunder chose that first option. They drafted somebody. Um, so with that in mind, like I just don't mind it because the guy has potential, and um, I've seen a few people like in the wake of the draft, and when everyone's been able to give themselves a chance to like kind of look back and uh, evaluate who went where, you know, there are some nice things to be said about Darius Baisley. Um, but again, like I'll agree with you overall, it it, it doesn't excite me. It doesn't excite me if I'm a Thunder fan, and it's really not going to do that much to move the needle for this roster moving forward this year and possibly even next year. Yeah, so I guess what uh, my, the point I was trying to make is if four years from now he's averaging 22 points a game and he's an incredible player and he's somebody that people are saying, ah, oh, man, fringe all-NBA guy or fringe all-star guy, great. That doesn't matter. Like This, ta- this team's title window is so clear and so apparent. It's these two years. These are the title windows that we have for sure. And if they, instead of winning 27 games when the floor falls out on this team, because again, we know when that's coming, that's, that, that's on the horizon, we can see it, the floor, from this, the floor of this team is falling out. Now it's just, what do we do before, what did this Thunder team do before then? If, so instead of winning 27 games when the floor falls out, now they win 42 because this guy's great. Sure, that's a, I mean, it's a good pick. But in the grand scheme of things, it's probably pretty irrelevant. Um, because it's about these two years, and he's 19. I'm sure he's got a ton of upside. I'm sure he's got a whole bunch of things that we love. I just don't see him helping at all for these two years. And at the and sustained excellence is what they talk about a whole lot. And I get that. And I'm pointing over at the Thunder organization, the front office, and they talk <laughs> about that a whole lot. That direction. That's great. There. That's great. Your title window has been longer than anyone could have ever anticipated. And if we're going to be totally transparent, they haven't done a whole lot with it. They've been successful, but they haven't really, really pushed the envelope yet. The one time they made the finals, it wasn't really close. Those games were close, but five-game series. So you're kind of getting down to, like, do you really want to be the team that says they drafted Russell Westbrook, they drafted Kevin Durant, they had Paul George, they had Carmelo Anthony, they had James Harden, and they walked away with zero titles? Probably not. So this is it. This is everything. Everything you've been working for for these 10 years, it's all coming to these two years because because you kind of forced your hand a little bit. You haven't you haven't done yourself any favors and a lot of that injury and I get everything that every Thunder fan would say of why they haven't won a title. But all my point is is it's all been building these two years. And this is the most important two years that you're going to have in your franchise 
Because after this, nothing is guaranteed. And this guy doesn't help that. So I don't care what he does after that. I don't care what he turns into because it's about these two years for this team. Yeah, That's I mean, it. I mean, you guys might feel differently. So whoever wants to chime in whenever I'm kind of rambling because I, I tend to do that. But it really depends on how you view this team before the draft pick. I mean, do you think if you think the Thunder are a Western Conference Finals type team, then you're probably pissed off with this pick. You're probably you're thinking all the things that Chisholm is saying going like, yeah, this guy knows what I'm talking about. If you look at them with the thought that, okay, there may be a second-round team if some things bounce away, if Paul George is healthy, if this guy is healthy, um, if they get a favorable matchup, that's kind of how I view this team. Because, I, I mean, yes, Paul George was hurt that last month of the year, um, and it greatly affected the team. They looked like one thing one day, and then they looked like a completely almost an SHIT show the next day. Um, it, it's a reality. You can't really debate that. But at the same time, I don't really know how much better they can be. And ask yourself this question. If the Thunder beat Portland and then got bounced by Denver in the second round, would you view this this team any differently than how you view it right now? I mean, it's still a disappointing team with the talent that they have, with the amount of money that they've shelled up to um, pay for this roster. It's disappointing. So it just really depends on how you view the team. If you think that Russell Westbrook and Paul George can lead the Thunder to an NBA championship, which on paper they can, theoretically they can, they've got talent, and if things break their way, they can have some fortunate um, things come their way. But if you don't think that they can, then, I mean, this draft pick is okay. And again, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to see why this is a good pick. I'm, I, I don't necessarily, I'm not going to go to sleep tonight thinking, man, the Thunder really, they really you know they know something we don't know i'm trying to understand it in the best case scenario possible i'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt but i mean i don't know maybe you guys think differently yeah i mean my whole take with this draft pick tonight was that i think a lot of people kind of um came into this whole draft process they had this idea that the thunder they really had their head on their shoulders they knew what they wanted to get and they kind of saw the problems because they faced them head on and so kind of what I was thinking from this draft pick was they were going to go out and find a guy who was not only going to contribute to this team in his own way, but also really better the guys on this team right now. Uh, someone that was going to maybe accommodate Russell Westbrook very well. Maybe someone who was going to back up Paul George a little better. Uh, just someone who was going to bring kind, not like their own talent, but like back someone up that they were just able to really provide something new for this team. Because I think... A lot of Thunder fans have seen the same thing over and over the past three years, especially. And I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes from because nothing's changing. So right now I feel like this team is a little too stagnant. And so I'm not necessarily like totally disappointed because like I said on the show before we actually went over to the press depressor, um, I, I, I've never seen this guy play. So he might come in here and just really have all this energy that a 19-year-old has and just uh, get out there and really develop but also provide something that's new and a little bit more refreshing to this team. But then again, he could get out there and he might need too much development. This might be too much for him. He might not be ready to step into those shoes. And so, I don't know. I have a little bit of frustration when it comes to this draft pick because I don't see it being um, exactly what I think a lot of people had in mind. And so now I feel like a lot of Thunder fans are going to be very discouraged about this team. They're going to want to see changes. And I think... Uh, right now, the changes that are being made are not entirely being beneficial to this program. But, I mean, I think both of you guys have such a good point because I see where Chisholm's coming from saying, like, this guy is, like, they need 
to have someone who's going to come in and really provide for this team right now because Russell Westbrook is, what, 30, 31 years old? He's kind of getting up there, and we've already seen him start to get a little bit more rusty. Sorry, hot take. But he's applied for Social Security. He's old. He has, like, the AARP thing coming. So he's getting up there in his quote-unquote prime or whatever you want to call it. But once you hit, like, 32, 33, I know LeBron James is, like, what, 33-ish or whatever. But guys like that, they start – they start to get a little bit more rusty. And that's just kind of how it goes because they put their bodies through so much. And, like, I don't know. I mean, I've never played professional basketball, but. What? I, I know. You're I like played six sixth grade 12, basketball, Madison, though. come on now. I played sixth grade basketball, so that's basically the same. So I, that's why I'm on this and podcast. <laughs> I mean, I am very athletic. But, um, you know, I just feel like when you get to be that age, that's when things are going to start shutting down. They're going to start changing a little bit. You're going to have to exert more energy because you're going to have to put more out there. But Paul George turning 29, 28, however old he is, like these guys are the ones that are really providing for this team. So if a guy can't come in here and either accommodate the two of them or really like add on and push them to be better players and more of like a team player, then nothing's going to change for the Thunder. So I'm just very eager to see what this kid is going to bring uh, to the team when they're on the court, but also as they're preparing the summer and into preseason. Yeah, my problem isn't the kid. Like it isn't the pick. It isn't the player. Oh, and it's not me saying they should have traded because sometimes like that's out of your hands. The league, and I wish I would have asked Sam Presti this. I was thinking about this when I was driving back over here. I was like, man, what a great question. The league is more aggressive than it's ever been. More teams are trying to trade on draft night than it's, or at least it seems that way. That. Maybe not more transactions are going down, but you hear a whole lot more buzz about they're trying to get away from this pick. They're trying to move up. They're trying to move down. Yeah, like teams are all over the place. You can thank the Thunder for that. Yeah, I mean, getting, teams Paul, are all over getting the place. Paul George and that trade, it, it gives people good ideas. It gives people hope. Front so offices. I'm sure on some level, like you, you instinctually, you'd probably think that makes it easier to trade. I bet that makes it harder for someone like Sam Presti to trade because now he's bidding against eight teams as opposed to the three he was bidding against five years ago. So I'm not saying that they should have made a trade because something something that's out of their hands. What my overall is I don't understand the philosophy of taking a kid who didn't go to college, didn't even get didn't even get the year of playing in college, didn't even get that experience. When you're ha- you're in a win now mode, when you have a guy like Brandon Clark at 21, but you trade out who's a junior who again, I'm not saying it's a sure thing, but you feel a lot more comfortable with a guy who played three years of collegiate basketball coming in and being able to contribute on some level immediately. Oh, and he's also in a position of need. He that al- makes more sense. He's, al- he, he's also kind of in line with the age group of the roster. Overall. Right. Yeah. And then you go to Nicholas Claxton, who gets drafted later as well. Again, position of need. He's played two years of college basketball as opposed to zero. That seems helpful. Um, but no, they go with a guy who's I don't know what he is, and obviously I haven't watched game tape because I haven't watched high school basketball because that's all we have to go off of, but reading online of what position, he's in the Hami, he's in the Deontay Burt, he's, he's a wing, and like how many young wings are we putting at the end of the bench that we're hoping develop into something when clearly, I mean, the top seven guys in this roster are under contract. Patrick Patterson is the eighth man. I think we all agree that's where we thought they would be trying to address. And now maybe they address that in free agency, and they very well could. But it seems like they had an opportunity tonight. They had an opportunity to get some, not veteran, because that's a bad word, more experienced players who could possibly contribute at a position of need. But instead, they go with the athletic wing. 
They're going to have a whole bunch of them. And next thing we know, the Thunder are starting 42 17-year-olds <laughs> who are all 6'9 with 7-foot wingspans. And it's just that's just what I don't understand. And I, Presti said it in his press conference that we just stick to our board. We stick to our board. We stick to our board. That's fine. Unless the top seven guys on your board are at the end of your bench, too. If they're all the same kind of guys, you can't just keep getting the same type of players over and over. Even if that's worked, that's fine. You can't have that much redundancy. And this just feels like redundancy when they had needs that they could have addressed. Yeah. Uh, specifically with like the shooting and like improving that on the roster, I think Presti kind of alluded to it. Now, he could have just been sunshine pumping, of course. That's always a possibility, but... He made it sound like uh, oh, Jason pulled a Michael Kenny right there, <laughs> Kobe White. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> um, no, Presty alluded to um, he, what kind of what he said. It made it made. I came away thinking they probably believe that they could not improve a lot of these things that we're talking about that they needed to improve with this draft pick, and uh, specifically because he said like the shooting, all that stuff. That work basically starts now, and it's a lot of things that we being the Thunder, we can address after July 1st. So that's something that he thought you're not going to, you're not going to help that department in the draft. So all these Thunder fans that are like, why didn't they get so-and-so? Why didn't they get this person? Why didn't they get Cameron Johnson? Because the Phoenix Suns picked him number 11. That's why. Um, <laughs> idiot. Touche. Um, yeah. So with that, 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 that I mean, I don't know. I, I don't. I, don't I just really, don't understand I passing don't, on guys who were there. It's not even p- people who's like, why didn't they get Tyler Hero? Well, Tyler Hero one thirteen. It's not, and it's not even a skill set. It's just at some point you got to go. We have no backup big men. None. We have Patrick Patterson. That is the list. Yeah. yeah like um, when do we address that? Apparently, we had an opportunity, but we decided that, not to. That front office must be confident that they can get a guy that can move the needle in a position of need. That that what you're saying in free agency. I don't see it. I don't see how. Uh, this front office has routinely done things that I could not foresee, and it's the same thing with the draft. Just like you said, every time they draft somebody, we got to Google them. This front office is eight is capable of doing things that you cannot really prognosticate right now. So I guess in that respect, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, as it stands, I I mean I agree with you, Chisholm. I'm not trying to argue with you because I understand where you're coming from, and I I kind of subscribe to it. But again, I'm just trying to understand the pick is all and. No, we we haven't even got into how. But at what point do we just say, "I don't even understand it. I just think it's a mistake. I just think it's a mistake." Well, here's because they're sticking to the board mentality that worked for them when they got Kevin and Russell and Harden, and that's all great. We're past that point. This is a different phase. It's not about how high these players' ceilings are anymore. You got two years to win. It's about how high their floor is. Well, here here's my conspiracy theory. My optimistic super conspiracy theory with this pick. You guys, and I told you about it, so go ahead and roll your eyes. because They're going to trade him in 20 minutes, and I'm going to be livid that we spent the first part of this podcast talking about him. And then Chisholm totally flips. What a dumb trade. What an incredible move by Sam Preston. (laughs) (laughs) So my conspiracy theory is is thus. If you remember Terrence Ferguson's rookie year, especially in the first half of the year when he played, he didn't really do anything super spectacular. And maybe other front offices and other um, scouting departments saw something in him that I didn't see watching him every home game. I mean, he he was the same player that he was the entire rookie year. He was long, he was athletic, and he was probably a little bit a little bit more physically tough than people gave him credit for considering his frame. He didn't play that much. He had that one good game against the Lakers where he had 30 points and dunked it about 12 times. You know, he had one really good overall game. And yet at the trade deadline, 
according to reports, there were quite a few front offices, quite a few teams that were interested in potentially trading uh, with the Thunder for Terrence Ferguson. Sam Presti thought, no, I like where he is. I like I like what he could become. We're going to hold on to him. Best case scenario, I think you could say for Darius uh, Baisley, I don't think it's that out of the realm of possibility that he can have a similar first half of his rookie season that Terrence Ferguson did because it wasn't anything too spectacular. If he's able to do that, he's going to have that same athletic potential. He's going to have the same measurables that Terrence Ferguson possessed. So maybe my conspiracy theory is maybe in order for Presti to maximize this pick, you could possibly move him to an interested front office at the trade deadline for somebody that helps you this season right now which would totally undermine the whole, why are you drafting somebody that could be good two or three years after Russell and Paul are gone or past their prime? So it could, it could take care of that. It could help the roster right now. But again, that's speculation, and that's my conspiracy theory because... There's again, a whole lot of what ifs, I, I am trying to understand. Even though I, I like the talent of this kid, I am trying to understand because the timeline issues that Sam Presti talked about at his press conference, it does not add up with the guy that they picked. It, it, it couldn't be further. Yeah, it just it, it it just couldn't be further. And yeah, I just I think sometimes we just take him at his word, and instead of just I because I've done this now a long time, and I've talked myself into circles before, and Sam Presti has been like, "Yeah, Chisholm, you're an idiot," and then trade for Paul George. So totally possible. Uh, but I think at some point, like I'm I'm done trying to figure out and like, oh, he's a mad genius. Let me see if I can backtrack his backtrack his steps and figure out where he came from, how he got there, because he's so much smarter than I am. And I'm just gonna go, no, no, no. no. You're overthinking it. That's a mistake. Like, I'm conf- I feel very confident in saying that right now. Now, if this kid comes out and he's the greatest 19-year-old to ever get drafted in the late 20s and he's a contributor on a playoff team, that would be awesome. That's never happened. There's never been a guy drafted in the late 20s who's 19 years old, just turned 19 a week ago. Who hasn't played <laughs> basketball. Who hasn't played basketball in a year, who's going to come contribute in playoff minutes on a playoff team. That does not happen. Yeah. So I, I, I'm very confident sitting here saying that's a mistake because it doesn't matter what he is in four years. It doesn't matter what he is in six years. It matters what he is today. And what he is today cannot play in the playoffs. Yeah, and Ter- Terrence Ferguson's a guy who didn't play college. Yes, he played professionally in Australia, and Australia does have nice talent. It's a good league to kind of basically get your you know your feet wet with. Um, but it's it's basically the same type of player. So like, what can you expect? Terrence Ferguson's rookie year is a really good case scenario for Darius Baisley moving forward right now. And that doesn't move the needle at all for you right now because after the trade deadline, Ferguson barely played. He played like for two minutes in one of those um, playoff games at home against Utah. He took a screen, and I am still surprised to this day that he did not die running into it. I think it was uh, (laughs) Jay Crowder. He ran right into Jay Crowder. I thought he was done. Memphis Grizzly Jay Crowder. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Nearly Memphis Grizzly. Um, to his credit, he bounced back, but after that, Billy Dom didn't play him that much anymore. I don't think he played him at all in that postseason. So, um, yeah, it, it's a guy that does not help you right now. And I completely understand why the fans are upset because everybody's visceral and wants the team to be improved right now, especially when all this exciting stuff is going on and the Thunder could potentially be involved, but they're not at the end of the day, the end result is not there. So I understand uh, I understand the frustration, um, but like Sam Presti said, this is a long process. It is going to be, for sure, an interesting July. Whether or not the Thunder have a, a big say in that, I mean, who knows? Yeah, they could go from having no flexibility to a whole lot, just depending on what happens in the next 10 days. 
Yeah, somebody could. Uh, I mean, what you 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 did some of the math. Uh, there's what twenty seven million owed, twenty five million owed to uh, Stephen Adams this year. Who just has some money opened up? Kurt Heelan alluded to the fact that Sacramento more than likely is interested because apparently Sacramento's been trying to trade for every single center in the league. <laughs> so, uh, which is why he, I mean, he essentially said that sentence. Um, so Sacramento was a team, and then Boston has, as of draft night, had been Omer Oshik still playing. <laughs> Is Hello? Omar is Timothy Mozgov still available? Timofey Mozgov available? <laughs> Timofey. Uh, yeah. Gosh, no. There's there's going to be things that happen, and I thought my personal opinion going into tonight um, was that the Thunder would trade or draft somebody, then trade it, not for anything right now, but something to give them more flexibility in July or at the trade deadline. Um, the Thunder, if they do anything in July, it's going to be after that initial wave has come and gone. Like they're not going they're obviously not going to get an Al Horford type free agent. They just that's impossible. Right. Um but, you know, when some teams are, you know, at the end of the musical chairs that is free agency, there might be some players and teams that are left, you know, sitting without a partner. And that's where Sam Presti can be really aggressive. That's where you can use some of these assets that you have. That's where you can try and turn something out of like from nothing because right now there's nothing there that's appealing there's nothing there that gives you the the uh evidence to say yeah the thunder are going to vastly improve this offseason but um all i can say is summer league's going to be very fun even though this won't really go official until july 6th the thunder's first game i believe is july 6th so it might be like a hamadou diallo situation where he joins the team the day of their first game and then plays without practicing so we could see that um but summer league's going to be interesting but no terrence ferguson Mm. Well, I think it's going to be like super telling also just because I don't know that this pick in the words of Brady Trantham was very unsexy. And so I, not, I just not sexy at all, not sexy. There's just no sex appeal to this um, to this draft pick at all. But uh, however, I do I do want to see the summer league go down. I want to see the rest of the summer just because uh, Sam was talking about how guys like Paul George and uh, Andre Robertson have been really working this summer. They're trying to get back out there. Um other guys are really doing other stuff. Russell Westbrook is in Paris doing Fashion Week, so I mean things are gonna things are going great. But uh, all jokes aside, I really am interested to see how guys like um, I don't know guys like this guy if he stays here in Oklahoma City, um, guys like Deontay Burton, maybe Hamadou Diallo, I guess not Terrence Ferguson. Just there's going to be a lot of things going on in Las Vegas uh, at the very first of July with summer league. I think that's going to be a really telling time for how this team is going to develop. Um, I could be totally wrong, though, because I think like there's a lot of excitement last year, and then it didn't exactly roll over because you saw a little bit of like a Hami Diallo uh, outburst, and like Deontay Burton had some moments. But I don't know. There's just rookies always they they hit walls unless they're yeah. rookies of the year, unless they're that caliber of player. Every rookie even hits a wall. I mean, even Luca tapered off this year, though. Yeah, exactly, and that's going to happen because this like. This is totally stating the obvious, but this league is unlike anything in college. Like, these guys don't play at this level in college, and then they get here, and it's kind of like a whoa moment. But honestly, like, that's another thing where it comes to, and I go back to Chisholm's point, like, of course, uh, this guy hasn't played in college, so it's, like, kind of makes me, like, see how he's going to handle this kind of action and how it's a... So he's making coffee at New Balance and yeah. preparing for the NBA? <laughs> It's literally going to be like an everyday type of thing. Like every other night you're playing at a high level and or you're warming the bench. Who knows? But it's just, it's going to be a completely different experience. So 
I don't know. This summer, I really think is going to be very telling for this team. I think a lot of people are going to be a little disappointed right now. And uh, you guys really hit the hammer on the nail or whatever, however you say that saying. Nail on the head. The nail on the head. That sounds weird. The hammer on the nail. Hit the hammer on the nail. Well, yeah, that does make sense. Isn't the like, phrase, though, you hit the nail on the head? I yeah, but so. I don't yeah, like that. Yeah. I, I've changed it. It's officially You're a spot hit the on. Nail on the nail. So we're going to go with that. Shakespeare invented words, everybody. You yeah, can make, and you Madison can make it up. Uh, contorted them to the way she wants to say them. So anyway. <laughs> Shakespeare was a female? What? What? She contorted them? Is that what you no, said? No, Madison contorted oh, them. Oh, sorry. Shakespeare came up with the words. Madison contorted them lost. to the way I want them to be. I was be. lost for a second. Because I'm selfish. I was still just mad about the draft pick. It's all good. It. Yeah, you're turning red. No, I'm not. Yes, he is. He's red. I'm just kidding. See? That's what happens on draft night when nothing fun happens. You start talking about Shakespeare and debating things that have nothing to do with the topic. I well, honestly, nothing <laughs> nothing that exciting happened. We only heard from Presty for about See, 26 minutes and I totally disagree. I think this this just I think this told us so much about Sam Presty. Really? Absolutely. I I, 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 I this just screams this is when he should have deviated. This has been his strategy forever. This has been what he's done, but now this is when you deviate. Not because what you're doing was wrong, but because now you're in a different phase. Now you're in the win-now phase. This is when every other team starts going for more veteran-laden players. Yeah, and I've... Sam didn't deviate from that. And I, I, like, I think on some level that's Sam's mistake over and over and over and over and over again is that he adjusts too late. Sam is a great drafter. Sam is incredible in trades. Sam has gotten so much value in free agency. My number one gripe with him is he always adjusts too late. It's, he's always one or two years behind what he should have been doing. And this just feels like another one. He should have been in win-now mode last summer as far as quit drafting young guys. Quit drafting guys who aren't going to help you. Deontay Burton I, I thought was a nice change. And then I thought because of what he did last year, it was going to continue that direction this, this summer with this draft. And if it, was, if it was a trade for a veteran or if it was taking a guy who's more experienced, I thought he was going to deviate because this team is in a different phase now, and he didn't. He stuck to, I want the guy with the highest ceiling. I'm going to stick to my board. This is the guy I like the most. It doesn't matter what situation we're in. It's about the most talented player on the board. And I think that tells us so much about Sam Presti that is a great quality, that he sticks to his guns no matter what. Under pressure, he's the same guy as when he's not under pressure. But he doesn't adjust well. I think I think that is such fair criticism saying that he never gets is that he just has not adjusted well and he always adjusts a little too late. This podcast is gonna sound terrible in three years when Hami, Diallo, Deontay Burton, and Darius Baisley are leading the Thunder to the Western Conference. And hopefully I have a job like in Canada by then. <laughs> um Yeah. You don't I mean, you don't agree with me? No, I, I agree with you. Did you, you think he was gonna come in and draft a nineteen year old? No. No. Like, like, just removing trades because I, we can't control that. I thought, if, it, if he's going to take a guy, build him in your head. What he look like? I, me is he's going to be a junior. He's going to play in some big games. Like no, that. That was my thought. I think all the logic pointed to that. If you thought, okay, if they're going to draft somebody and they keep him, okay, it can't be an eighteen or a nineteen year old because how does an eighteen or nineteen year old step into a situation where the entire team? Yeah, some of them are young, but those young guys, Stephen Adams, he's been in a ton of games. Right, he's played in a ton of playoff games, big right. games. This team is very experienced. This isn't Thunder U anymore. So an eighteen or nineteen, but it kind of is. It's not. I mean, it, it shouldn't be. But there's, yeah, they're doing. There they're doing the, We're trying own. to compete with the top eight of our roster, and the back seven is Thunder University. Yeah, no, um, I just I don't see 
like on paper how an 18, 19 year old helps Paul George and Russell Westbrook, Stephen Adams. Whoever, so you agree with me? You thought he would have adjusted his strategy a little bit. Yeah, but I think it's pretty obvious that Sam Presti probably is more comfortable in the element of building for sustained success and developing a young team. I think it's as soon as he got, when he was answering the timeline uh, question, um, when he said, you know, we plan for this, and the reason why we're at this point now is because when we had a young team that was inexpensive, we won a lot of games. And it put us in a position to, you know, extend or re-sign Russell Westbrook and then extend him. And when we had to re-sign him, we became expensive. And now you're kind of set with the team that you have. As soon as we got to that point, that's where you saw Presti make moves that really deviated from his character as a GM. He went after a Carmelo Anthony. Like, when did anyone ever think that that would ever be a possibility? He traded young assets, young good assets, for a one-year flyer on Paul George. And remember, this is Paul George is the reason why the Raptors probably took a flyer on Kawhi Leonard. So this was back before, like it was kind of commonplace. I think at this point. So I think it's pretty obvious that. Once the Thunder got into that frame of like that situation of Russell Westbrook um, in his prime, uh, guys being a little bit older, it was out of Presti's comfort zone. And he's made some moves here and there that have, A, helped the organization, and B, some moves that you can say at worst are very questionable, and this is one of them. So, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you, but again, like, like I said, I'm, I'm, drink every time I say it. I'm just trying to understand. I'm trying to understand why. And I guess, you know, Paul George isn't going to be playing training camp preseason, probably even for yeah, a few weeks. What do you think weeks. Russ and Paul think right now? I, I, Russell they were is watching in, this draft. Russell wherever. is in Paris having the time of his life. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about anything. Paul is working on his shoulder or fishing. I think you guys are crazy. I think they're both going, what? Yeah. Well, what? again... Who? Uh, Baisley Ooh, is what? a small forward. I'm on Jordan brand. Baisley yeah. is a. Small, I signed with Nike. Baisley is a small forward. Uh, he could get a lot of burn if Paul George has to uh, recover deep or a little bit into the beginning of the regular season. So, I guess so we will find out fairly quickly if this is going to be a good thing in the short term or just another huh, maybe maybe down the road. It sure feels like maybe down the road. I can't wait for him to average 18 points in year five, and everyone be like, "Yeah, Chisholm, you idiot." Like no 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 you missed the point. No no no. no <laughs> sure he can be incredible. No 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 no. Also I've seen a couple of people on Twitter be like, look, we went from a, maybe a great role player. This guy's got star potential. Let's pump the brakes on, boys. Pump. Let's chill out a little bit. Breaks. He was at twenty three for a reason. It's not because he was a home run and everyone else is an idiot. Just just for clarity, like there are other smart teams. Like there's a reason he was at twenty three. So I, I get that we're excited about the potential. Thunder fans try to talk themselves into every single thing that happens, and rightfully so. You should be excited about the guys you have on your team. You can't be excited about people who aren't on your roster. So I get it. I'll just bump the brakes a little bit. Star potential is probably pushing it a little too far. And if you're out there pushing the star potential thing, don't get people pump excited. It. Don't get people it. excited. Just pump it. No, and I guess we should just briefly mention that the Thunder did sign a two-way player like 20 minutes before. Lou Dort, L-O-U-D-O-R-T. The time when that got announced, like, Sam Presti was answering his last question. <laughs> I thought, that's great timing by them. Way to go. Nailed it. Nailed it. No, it was it was funny. Quick little media observation. Um, so, you typically on draft night, you we talk to Sam Presti and Will Dawkins, who, if you go, if you Google his name, he's the vice president of insight and intelligence. He's he's essentially... Oh, wait, who's... I thought someone else was insight and foresight. Do we have two insights? There's an insight and foresight. That's, um... <laughs> um Rob Hennigan. Rob Hennigan, yeah. But So this guy's insight and intelligence? I believe. 
It's, got, it's too. We better have so much insight. We got people <laughs> double dipping in insight. Well, yeah, he's he's essentially like the Thunder's lead evaluator of amateur talent or international talent. He's he's their lead scout. Um, so that's why on draft night, uh, he's always sitting next to Sam Presti, and we get to talk to him as well because he has some insight and some knowledge into the draft pick that the Thunder drafted that particular evening. Well, about two minutes before Presti um, walked in around 12.30 Identification in the Identification and intelligence. Identification and intelligence. Uh, he identifies. Um, about two minutes before Presti walked title. in. God bless. About two minutes before Presti walked in, uh, John Reed, uh, communications guy at the Thunder, does a great job. Love you, John. Um, he, w- John. he walked in and was like, yeah, let's uh, move this chair out of the way. And this, we just need one microphone. And... <laughs> I was just like, oh, we don't get to talk to Will tonight? And it's because, yeah, because Sam can't even talk about the draft pick. Yeah, so why would Will? The moratorium's July 6th, so you guys waited this long. How are you guys doing? Hi. Let's let's talk about vague well, We did get to talk about coaching, which is great. Yeah. And basically, you know they what? haven't filled any. Good good, um, good reminder. I totally forgot that we asked about coaches. We can talk about that. They haven't hired any. That's really the update. Um, They're I, being strategic. The biggest, uh, the biggest probably insightful answer um, was that Billy Donovan is highly involved in uh, the hiring process, which is like, duh, like he's the head coach, so they, he should have some say. But Sam with, made it sound like he had the final say. So. Yeah, it, he had more than just a say from what Sam told us. And, of course, everybody remembers the exit interviews where Sam said, we expect Billy to be back, and Billy said basically the same thing, like, I expect to be here. He has one year left, so there's a lot of uncertainty. He's already lost three coaches, two of them have been on staff for quite some time. So it does raise questions, um, but they're in no rush to hire anybody externally or internally. I asked specifically about Mark Dagnall, the uh, uh, blue head coach, and Presti said, yeah, like we we know him. Like we obviously know about him. Um, it's it's not something that they're like, we have to have them by July so that we can have a plan set. Right. I'm I'm of the opinion that Billy is going to hire people that he's familiar with. And it, I don't think it's going to say anything for Billy Donovan's future because if Billy hires some guys and the Thunder fail in Presti's view and Presti has to let him go, he'll probably just let go of the assistants that are hired that Billy wanted. So right. I don't think it's going to tell you anything about Billy's future past this season. Right? They, He, Billy, and the Thunder need to s- succeed. They need to get results. I think that's really no question unless they just decide, yeah, we'll go ahead and extend you for reasons. But you know, I Billy's a fine coach. I think he's smart. Reasons. Um, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I know Thunder fans would, but you know, yeah, assistant I mean, coaches. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I I think that I've I said this before on like past podcasts probably, but I think this past year was a really um, big growth opportunity for Billy Donovan. So when he's looking at new assistant coaches, he's looking at guys either externally or internally to bring in. Um, I think Thunder fans really should crack down and. Uh, trust Billy Donovan and wh- and who he wants to bring in and what he's going to want to do for his uh, coaching staff. Just because I think a lot of changes are being made right now in, I mean, obviously around the entire league when it comes to coaching. And so right now I think Thunder fans should really just um, breathe for once and just really understand that Billy Donovan, he's a smart man. I think he works very closely. I mean, Sam Presti even said tonight, he works very closely with the front office um, he's an intelligent guy who knows what he's doing. So I think it's going to be good to see what he does this year. Hopefully it's not going to be that same mentality that I really think circulates throughout this organization, which is just kind of a stick to what we know type of thing. But 
at the same time, um, I, I think there's a lot of good potential that could come into this organization and really help out uh, Billy with his coaching staff and just going forward as the season is approaching very quickly. Oh, my gosh. It's almost July. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think good things are going to happen about that. Even if Thunder fans aren't thrilled about it at first, I think uh, this coming season will be telling about the decisions he makes. So we can all agree Tyron Lue not going to be assistant coach? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, Tom Thibodeau not going to be an assistant coach. I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> Dave Yeager not going to be assistant coach. Uh, uh, that's a maybe. No, Tom Thibodeau assistant coach. Hey, are the Thunder going to like rest Paul or Russell this year? No, no. absolutely not. No. Uh, no. I we hit all the points right. I think so. It's, it's like almost two o'clock in the morning. We need to go home. It ain't. Know. It ain't you know what? Actually, I have one more thought about why I hate this Boom, draft pick. Do it. <laughs> all <laughs> right, and uh, we're gonna wrap Coming it up, up next. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Cuts, I have five uh, hours of radio to do tomorrow, so I'm going to be yeah, we're fired gonna go ahead up. And, uh, yeah, i got to do a spot at 9 and then noon. Yeah, it's I'm on at 9 and noon. You're not doing two spots on my show. Uh, I get times I, mixed up. So Thanks. anyway. No, 10, 1030, and, 1030 and 1. That makes more sense. Boom. Yeah, it makes sense. There we go. All right, y'all. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the OKC82 podcast following draft night here in Oklahoma City. Uh, yeah. Thunder make that 23rd pick. It's been interesting. We've heard a lot of ranting about it. We're going to hear a lot of tweets about it. I guess you don't really hear tweets, but you read them. Uh, But, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for us. I believe we are on this Saturday for the Thunder Insider Show. We're all going to be here. Chisholm, you're off the hook. Enjoy your Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. I still work on Saturday night. Well, you know, you won't have to deal with us on Saturdays because we're all going to be here. Holla. So, uh, yeah, tune in to our Thunder Insider Show. We are on every Saturday morning from 10 to noon, and we say some pretty insightful stuff. I, I like to think we do. But a lot happened tonight, so we'll have a lot to talk about. So until then, good night, everybody. Stay sexy.